He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. Hey, thank you very much, and welcome aboard on a uh, hot Memphis Monday. But it's not as hot as it is around the rest of the country. Um, uh, 200 or 217 in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I think they're going to be at least that hot for the next 10 days. So they got that to look forward to. I, but I grew up in Odessa, Texas, which is uh, very similar weather to Las Vegas. And you'd get over. I worked in the oil field. It'd get up over 100, 105, 106. They're out working, but it's, it is very arid. There's no humidity. You, you, you put 106 degrees on us here in Memphis, and you got people just dropping, not that they're not dropping now. I've talked to several friends here recently that have had uh, uh, heat-related uh, effects, uh, everything from getting dizzy to absolutely just uh, falling out. So be very, very careful. Uh, we moved my daughter, her husband, and her old grandson today or yesterday uh, to their new home, and uh, a bunch of the family and friends uh, pitched in. And I tell you what, it was uh, it was smoking, but we got all moved in. And of course, nothing like picking one of the hottest days of the year to move. But uh, hey, you got to go when you got to go. Uh, traffic right now, you got a couple of accidents working. You got one on Walnut Grove and. Uh, Briarview, that's uh, over there by Baptist Hospital. Got another one near uh, Warford. I forty West at uh, Warford, and it's got traffic slowing down on the westbound lanes uh, for a short distance. It's it's still moving, just moving slowly. But otherwise, uh, everything's green. Uh, but it's no surprise that we do have a few wrecks. Uh, because it's Memphis, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, we're making, once again, national headlines for <laughs> something that we're number one at, that, that we don't want to be number one at. Um, and in the speaking of uh, Memphis, MLG and W customers are right now only 395 people without electric power and uh, air conditioning, because that goes a lot right along with it. So uh, God bless those people. Hope they get it back on. But uh, the uh, cities with the worst drivers, according to Consumer Affairs analysis, uh, were scattered throughout states in the lower Midwest and into the southeast as well as in the southwest. However, Tennessee had the most cities appear among the top 20, with four, including the worst-ranked city. In fact, Tennessee had 34 deadly crashes over per 100,000 people in 2021, which is a significant increase compared to the national average of 12 deadly crashes per 100,000 people. And topping the list was Memphis. Yes, number one. According to the Consumer Affairs, the majority of deadly crashes in Memphis are caused by bad driving. Uh, Usually it's stolen cars uh, uh, trying to get away from police because they're in the mistaken impression that they can run and the police won't chase them. They now have the added elements of U.S. Marshals Service and the Tennessee Highway Patrol, not to mention the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, which do pursue 
And I've even seen a couple of cases here recently where the MPD was pursuing some people. So that little ploy ain't working. But Tennessee's other three cities in the list were Knoxville at number 12, Clarksville at 17, and Chattanooga with bringing in number 19, just barely in the top 20. So there you are, Tennessee, lousy drivers. The cities with the best drivers and uh, um, said the U.S. cities with the worst drivers based on consumer affairs, and this is talking about nationally. Of course, Memphis, number one. Number two, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Number three, Albuquerque, New Mexico, which I don't understand that at all. Like a big wide street because there's, you know, there's plenty of land out there. Then you got Macon, Georgia, number four. St. Louis, Missouri, number five. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, number six. Detroit, Michigan, and uh, Victorville, California. They tied. And Hesperia, California, at number eight. And Rockford, Illinois, at number nine. But it wasn't all bad. Consumer Affairs also ranked the cities with the safest drivers, which are largely in Texas and in California. Uh, Number one with the safest drivers, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Cary, North Carolina, Oxnard, California. What do you call somebody that lives in Oxnard, an Oxnardian or an Oxnardian? Uh, And then you got McKinney, Texas, which is just above Dallas uh, at number five. Lynn, Massachusetts at number six. Glendale, California, number seven. Pearland, Texas, down by Houston, number eight. College Station. Texas, which where Texas A&M is located, and that's not far from Houston. And then bringing up number 10, Henderson, Nevada. So the study comes in after U.S. safety regulators uh, introduced a proposal that would set higher performance standards for automatic braking systems in new cars, according to the U.S. Department of Transportation's National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You know, the thing is, I see most of the wrecks I see in Memphis are rear-end collisions because people are texting or otherwise distracted. And, I mean, I see those almost on a daily basis. Somebody's plowed right into the back of another car, and the other car has no front-end damage, which means they didn't hit anybody in front of them. And usually there's one or two cars because they're all following too close. And uh, so it's it's just crazy. And then you add into the equation of all the carjackings and car thefts and break-ins. And, uh, in fact, that's one of my guests today at uh, 4 o'clock is a guy that drives, is a driver, a professional driver. He goes and picks up individuals and takes them to uh, out to dinner, takes them to events, uh, back and forth to weddings. He's got a big seven-passenger Escalade Cadillac. And uh, he's been doing it for nine years. And uh, there are more people hiring drivers like this. And if you've been to dinner lately with your friends, it used to be it was the biggest problem was trying to decide where everybody wanted to go. And while that's still a concern, now it comes down to, okay, whose car are we going to go in? Because I ain't taking my car. Because <laughs> nobody wants to get their car broken into or worse, even stolen or just heavily damaged. And plus, it's, it's safer. They take you right up to the front door and they get you out, and then they come and they pick you up again and drop you safely at home. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, Dave Jamison. Uh, he, he'll be on at 4 o'clock. And um, then we got Randy Wright with uh, the Better Business Bureau coming in to talk about child identity theft at 3.30, which more and more people are stealing the identity of, of children because 
they get the social security numbers, but they don't use them. So the, the thieves get them somehow. And then they go out and run up all kinds of debt, credit cards, all kinds of stuff. So the poor kid, by the time he gets up to get his first credit card, he's, his credit's horrible. They got bill collectors calling their house all the time. Little Timmy's like a year old, and he's already been, um, uh, you know, victimized. So we'll be talking about that. Also, a sign I saw on Facebook just a minute ago, Midtown, in Midtown, it says, get that tattoo. Your family is already disappointed. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, that's kind of funny. It's in front of a tattoo parlor. And did you hear about the big uh, sandbar party on the Wolf River this past weekend? Remember the Germantown party they had uh, off near uh, Oakley, a uh, real nice section of Germantown a couple of weekends ago? Well, they cracked down on that and said no more parties in the residential neighborhoods. So what they did is they uh, put out the word on social media. They were going to be they had a map on how to get there, where to park on the Wolf River uh, over by Shelby Farms. And uh, there's some photographs that are up on. In fact, if you go to uh, Stop Memphis Crime uh, on the, the uh, Facebook that uh, KWAM has set up, there's some photographs of it. It's uh, like a couple of thousand people. They got a pop up tent or two out there. They said the music, you could hear the music all over Shelby Farms, and uh, the smell of marijuana was quafting through the air down there. And I think uh, the Germantown police came in and, uh, and some other folks trying to, to bust it up, and there were people speeding off with uh, hanging out windows with uh, AR-15s and AK-47s. So it was the same crowd as it was in Germantown. They just uh, tried to find another place to go do what they do. And so uh, that was uh, on the Wolf River. We have uh, Andy DiMatrio that is a big uh, kayaker and takes people on kayak trips uh, down the Wolf River all the time. I'm going to try to get a hold of him today to see if he knows anything about that. Could you imagine paddling along and enjoying the wonderful river, the Wolf River, and the scenery, and then coming up to a couple of thousand people on the sandbar when they were out in the water? And uh, it was a wild scene. I do want to give you a heads up about a new show that's on Netflix. Uh, my son told me about it uh, this weekend, and then we watched the first episode, and it's called Quarterback. And it's. Uh, Eight-episode uh, season, which had to come out of the first season. Peyton Manning is one of the uh, executive producers. And they profile, I think, four different quarterbacks. Uh, and it's really very well done. And it uh, really gives you insight into these quarterbacks. And uh, it's, it's worth your time. It's called Quarterback, and it's on Netflix. It's uh, just stream it um, there on your TV or on your laptop, your cell phone if you have Netflix, and uh, I think you'll be uh, very, uh, very informed. And plus, I'm ready for football, so it gives you a little jump on that, which it starts next month. I mean, we're at the middle of, of July. Uh, also, uh, we got uh, – uh, I put up a picture last week of this king snake that was on my uh, – actually on my patio on my deck uh, on the table that I go sit at all the time. I Got a TV out there, got a ceiling fan under my the awning, and I go out there and I'm getting ready to sit down. I look on the table because you know you walk out, you look out, see what's going on the golf course, look around, then I look down just before I sit down, and there is a large snake stretched out across the table, and uh, and I gave a moment of surprise to say the least, and so I uh, 
I said, get on out of here. Gave us the old Texas. Get on, get on. And so he crawled off and landed on the deck. And I had a, a, a mop stick out there. And I kind of kind of encouraged him to flee the top of the deck. Then he dropped off on the ground and crawled under the deck. Well, then yesterday, my next-door neighbor took a picture of the same snake on the side of his house, crawling along about 15 feet up along the bricks, just in that mortar part between bricks, stretched out just like he was on my tabletop. And, I mean, I knew they could climb. He obviously he could climb. He could climb up on my table, but I had no idea they could go straight up a wall. And I looked online, and it said, this is a king snake, which are harmless to humans. They go out, they eat rodents and frogs and crickets and uh, moles and things like that, and other snakes, uh, poisonous snakes. Uh, but they said they're real climbers. They can climb just about any wall straight up, sideways. Uh, have difficulty on plaster walls. So, uh, But as a, a little tip, also in my research, I found that if you get uh, bars of Irish spring, apparently the snakes don't like the Irish spring. <laughs> may have something to do with when they chased all the snakes in Ireland out. But maybe that's how St. Patrick did it. He had a bunch of bars of Irish spring and said, now get out of here, you snake. And uh, chased them all out. Uh, but all the other one is Dove. Dove, Dove de, uh, dish detergent. Comes in a little blue bottle, a little squirter. We use it. It's great working stuff. And squirt it around the edge of your patio, your deck. They also do not like that. And But they'll still hang out in your yard and eat the other stuff. But it, it keeps you from walking out and sitting at your table and going, Hello, Mr. Snake. So Irish Spring and Dove detergent. All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, then we'll be right back. Stay with us. And welcome back on this uh, Monday. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, still got some people without power out there. And then uh, I'm still seeing trees that have been blown down over the last few weeks uh, still being chopped down and cleaned up uh, even out where I live and uh, so it, the it, the cleanup continues but the heat wave is really the big story and the the tremendous amount of rain there's a place in uh, Pennsylvania that in 45 minutes got seven inches of rain in 45 minutes I mean uh, that's a downpour and uh, I think there are four dead, and I think there are two little kids that are still missing, a, a five-year-old and a, a two-year-old. I think their brother and sister. It's just uh, horrible. Uh, yeah, and then out west, you've got um, the California, Arizona, Nevada. Texas has uh, got some hot spots there as well. And they say that this uh, is going to last for at least the next 10 or so more days. Uh, uh yeah, uh, I'm just getting more things on the guy that they caught up there in uh, Long Island who they think now is responsible for the deaths of a number of people. That And you look at the pictures of him hauling him out, uh, police taking him away in handcuffs. And you look at the guy and you go, this guy's been working. He's an architect, I think, and uh, goes to work every day. He's got a wife and a couple of kids. And everybody says, uh, oh, yeah, I know Bert or whatever his name is. And, uh, you know, they're right there in the middle of us. And uh, just like the tragedy at uh, Campbell Clinic. I mean, that they're still just was just talking about that. And it's uh, you see just evil, evil, evil around us. 
And uh, people always say, why do you go to church? I said, well, that's why you go to church is you want to surround yourself with as many good people as you can because I tell people all the time, you pull up to a traffic light in Memphis, just about any four-way traffic light, and at least four or five people at that tra- traffic light, you do not want them to ever meet. And they're right, they're all around us. I mean, the guy that killed the doctor uh, was uh, had had a murder charge against him, and he still was able to walk in and buy a gun in a gun store. Now, I don't know where the breakdown is. Everybody says we need stronger gun laws. How about enforcing the laws we got? This guy was, if he was ever charged with murder, how in the world does this guy get uh, go out and buy a gun legally? And he did. <clears throat> so, uh, I definitely think that. They need to uh, enforce the laws that we have on the books because that guy wouldn't have gotten it. Maybe he would have gotten it someplace else. But just you sit there and you shake your head and say, you know, why does this kind of stuff keep going on? But I guess it always has, and that's uh, why they don't call this heaven. This is earth, and it uh, has all the the horrible things that go along with it. It's just I think sometimes we get lulled into the thought that somehow, you know, it's not like it used to be or that, you know, the sunshine of the birds are singing and everything's okay with my life, but all of a sudden then an evil person comes into your life for no apparent reason and, and takes somebody away that's just a great person, and that destroys their whole family. I mean, and and all their friends, and then just the, the, the shock of something like that happening, that also steals something from all of us, and that's peace of mind and, and a feeling of security. Because if it could happen to... That great doctor, a family man, he was married with kids and just did all kinds of great stuff in our community. And then for no reason other than some guy just walks in and shoots him, uh, he's gone. So uh, just be careful, pay attention to everything around you. And uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, but you have to be alert and you have to know who you're dealing with. I, I would say that they really need to take a look at uh, who they do treat. I mean, I know the docs out there, because I know a lot of them do a lot of pro bono work uh, for people that can't afford it. But, you know, uh, it's almost to the point where you say, I need to see a background check on you before I even uh, have you come into our office. Because everybody in that in that clinic, was their lives were threatened that day as well, just him being in there. He was in there for a couple of hours waiting to see the doctor. And uh, then... Uh, for just no apparent reason, I know I, I, he had treated the guy before, and I'd heard that he would he had tried to get the doctor to prescribe him uh, some kind of opiate opioid drugs. I listen, I had my that's where I had my hip replaced uh, as Campbell Clinic docs, and even after the surgery, they gave me Tylenol. That's what you get, and that and a stick to bite on. Uh, but that's because the 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 opioid. Uh, epidemic was so bad and so many people got hooked on them that they completely once again tightened up on all that most of the people i knew took one or two pills and said i ain't taking any more of that stuff because i don't want to get hooked but now they don't even give you a choice because of the bad people all right we're gonna take a quick break and uh, daniel Earl with the better business bureaus in next we're talking about child identity theft you're not gonna believe this stay tuned Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. 
And thank you very much, and welcome back. Daniel Irwin with the Better Business Bureau is in. Randy Hutchison is in the cool state of Texas right yeah, now. Yeah, he's in, he's in Dallas right now. <clears throat> he's, a, he's a world traveler. Yes, he is. Uh, he travels a lot. He just got back from Arizona, right? Yeah. And so they go, yeah. well, where else is it really hot that we could have a convention? He's going to San Diego uh, in a couple of months, or a couple of weeks, actually, for a big conference. So I think I think that's in August. So he's... He, he travels a lot. Well, that, and then all these are hot in San Diego, but I saw some video just earlier where there's all these great white sharks floating in the off the beach and all these surfers out there going right over the top. Yeah, of I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It well, couldn't be me. I, I, no. I mean, it's bad <laughs> enough with snakes, you know, I mean, yeah. but at least there you can see them and uh, you can move away from them. But you're out there on a little paddleboard and there's something that's twice as big as you and your paddleboard. Uh, but. You know, that's where they live. Randy yeah. Randy Wright with the dive shops always saying, sharks live in the ocean. Right, right. It's their territory. <laughs> We're just... Uh, You're invading yeah, their territory. Yeah. <laughs> and and to them, that you look like lunch. So, uh, But there is a serious uh, topic we're going to talk about today, and it's um, a child identity theft. And I was talking about it earlier, just uh, saying you were coming on. And the, the reason it's so prevalent is because it's not that hard, apparently, to get their social security numbers. And then they don't uh, they don't have phones or anything <clears throat> for anybody to get in touch with them. Right. So it goes on notice for a while before they even find out their the poor one year old kids in debt. Right. Well, and you don't they don't use their credit, right? So like you would never really know until until there's a problem. In fact, uh, so ja- the Javelin Research uh, Strategy and Research Center, um, they guesstimate that over 900,000 children were victims of identity fraud in 2021. The 2022 numbers haven't come out just yet, but they're but they're be bigger. They're bigger. They're they're, yeah. they're guesstimating that it's more than double that. Wow. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um so uh, a couple of reasons why children's identities are attractive to scammers, uh, their social security numbers and credit histories are usually a clean slate. Sure, I haven't so, done anything you know, wrong yet. Uh, and again, we just talked about this, but the theft may not be detected for years until the child applies for credit, uh, tries to rent an apartment or applies for a job or, you know, has to have some other reason why their credit's pulled. So, you know, they could go for many, 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 many years. And then yeah. sometimes they don't find out until they're adults that, yeah. you know, that they're, uh, well, they're sadly, then the, the trail of evidence is cold by then, so you, they never catch the culprits. And one of the number one reasons uh, how their, their identities get stolen are data breaches. And I know I've come on before and we've talked about the prevalence of data breaches and why you should pay attention to them when, when we talk about them. Yeah. We've, we know, and it, it's something we see every day. It seems like every other day another company has another data breach. But why you should be paying attention to these is this is how your information and your kids' information uh, gets out there. Uh, it's when when these major uh, schools and medical providers and and places like that have data breaches. Um, I guess that's how they get the kids because the only person they've gone to are doctors at that age, and they're not even in school yet. Right, and then also an, an, another factor in this is uh, now uh, the inc- the. Inc- the increase of social media. So we post more information about ourselves, mm-hmm. but also our children, yeah. right? Young parents, they, they post pictures of their kids. We talk about, I mean, I do it too. We talk about my kid's day, what we're doing. So, you know, the combination of having their social security number, plus all the information we're voluntarily giving out about our own children on social media, uh, makes it, you know, makes it much more prevalent. Um, and uh, another interesting note: uh, almost seventy percent of the predator of the perpetrators uh, were known to the victim. 
uh, they found in this study. So, you know, oftentimes it's somebody that you've met or somebody that you know that's that's stealing the identity. So they, they quite possibly know the child's full name, and so right. once they get the social security number. And then also synthetic identity theft. We call it kind of Frankenstein identity theft. That's where you take something from here, from this person, and take something from somebody else, and, and you combine, whole, you make a whole new person. Yeah. And so children's identities, children's social security numbers are very, very uh, prevalent in this, and so scammers want this. So uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a big deal. So what um, do you do? Well, some of the signs, some of the red flags that you, your child may have be a victim of identity theft or that you need to take action, unauthorized credit or loan statements in the mail, Obviously, that's a big one. Collection calls and letters. Yeah, that's that would a be off. yeah, or pre-approved credit uh, offers. So if you if your kid gets a pre-approved credit offer in the mail and they're six, you're like, hmm, why are they getting this pre-approved credit? I may, maybe need to, to check something out. Um, the 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 thing you need to do is uh, request that each of the three credit reporting agencies, that's Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, freeze the child's credit report. They can always unfreeze it when they need it. But go ahead and freeze their credit now. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it takes, it doesn't take very long at all, and it really can save you. In fact, Randy, we've talked about that before with people that aren't make, planning on making a big purchase on a home, a car, or, you know, big appliances or anything. Just freeze your credit. It right. doesn't take that much to get it back up online, and nobody can do anything in the meantime. Right. And again, I mean, your kids don't need their credit right now anyway they're you know especially when they're when they're really young so you know that one of the best things you can do to protect them and their future is to go ahead and freeze their credit so you do have to do it to all three credit bureaus though sometimes people think if they do it on one that it cross reports but there are three different bureaus and it's also worth to note you know you can have a high score in one and then a middle score and then a lower score you know so so and, and sometimes uh, discrepancies don't show up on all of them. So you could see something on one report that doesn't show up on another. Now, so, can you run a, a check on your child's uh, credit rating uh, like now to make yeah. sure there is not a problem? Yeah, yeah, just like you would check your own. You pull your yeah. own credit history. You can do that with your child. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you would do that before you froze it, before you froze the credit. But, yeah, I mean, then we like I said, that one of the best things you can do is, you know, go ahead and freeze that that credit report. That way, you know, that they'll have that when they need it. Well, I mean, it, and it, all this stuff, because it's all electronic. Uh, I was watching a report this morning on one of the network news is about these uh, people in Florida that are going in their uh, squatters and getting in these homes. And it's, it's evidently very difficult to get them out of the home. There's been some cases here in Memphis, like uh, yeah. Shady Grove. There was a woman that took her over a year to get her out of this house. It's and, weird to think about how squatters have rights. <laughs> But, well, they do, and the fact yeah. is that they go and they uh, make up all this stuff. They go to the banks, and they get it and put it into their name and say, yeah, this guy gave me the house, and yeah. here's his name, and here you can check with him. It's another form of identity. It's yeah. exactly what it is, yeah. but correcting it shouldn't be as big a burden on the people that, uh, that didn't do anything, the victims in this case. They end up making the criminals the victim. Well, what's what's bad about identity theft is just the, the amount of, hassle that goes you you have to go through just to clear your name right and then also think about how many times you have to give your social security number out think of all the places right banks think of all the doctors you've gone to in your life right every time you go to a new doctor right and all that stuff is stored um but you know it it can happen in a data breach so a data breach that happened three years ago you know you you may not your, your your identity may be fine now but once it's once they have it, they have it forever, right? Yeah. Like so, you know, it, it, it's not it's not 
three months after I, uh, your your data breach. It's not even three years. It could be 10 years after that your identity stolen, right? Yeah, you're so, actually better off going out and uh, Frankensteining your own uh, yeah. personality and profile to come up with a fresh start. Well, and, and, they, and, and scammers and thieves know that right after something's happened, you're going to be more vigilant, right? Mm-hmm. You're vigilant for six months after you know that you're, you know, something's happened. But, um, you know, are you that vigilant six years after, right? Yeah. You know, so... That's why when you get those notices in the mail, we, we, we beg people to pay attention to those. You know, if you're notified by somebody that you that your information has, has been, um, you know, taken in, in a data breach, especially if your social security number. Yeah. Now, a lot of times they'll specify, hey, this information was stolen, but your social security number was not in this place or, you know, it wasn't your social security number. But sometimes they'll send you letters and it'll, it'll tell you exactly what data was taken. So if your social security number was part of a data breach, you have to take that seriously. Well, even if you go buy a car, because the first thing they're going to ask you if you try to finance it through the dealership is uh, we need your social security number, mm-hmm. bank accounts, and right. all that. And even if you decide not to go with that, they got all your information. Mm-hmm. And it's now sitting in their right. file. And even if they shred it, they put it into a computer. And then, you know, also humans, right? Like, you know, you just always be really weary of, of giving, <laughs> writing it down. Cause it just takes, it just, we all have phones now, yeah, right? Yeah. All you gotta do is turn your back and take a quick picture of an application. I mean, I'm sure it happens. Yeah. We hear stories about it happening all the time. Well, I think as we all know, uh, you look around, you, you try to figure out who the enemy is and it's people. Those are the, they're, they're right yeah. amongst us and, uh, and they're the, the biggest problems. So, you know, uh, how, how do you identify them? And it's, even when they've been convicted and everything else, it's like it's uh, they they know how to cover their tracks. We're the yeah. ones that are out there going, duh. Now, if you do think that you're a victim of identity theft, the best thing you can do is go to the FTC's website. That's FTC.gov, the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, you can you can file an identity theft report, and they have a comprehensive step-by-step guide of everything that you need to do to protect yourself and then the steps moving forward based on on, on what happened. But the FTC.gov, and again, you can file an identity theft report right there, and they have a comprehensive step-by-step guide of everything you need to do, and um, it's a great resource. Well, uh, and you were talking about uh, you and your wife got to take a trip. Your kids are staying with grandma and grandpa. Yeah. So they snuck off down to what? Uh, we went to Bay St. Louis, Bay St. Pass St. Louis. Christian, Mississippi Gulf Coast, and uh, just for a little weekend getaway. You don't, you know, a lot of times a two, two, a day and a half away. <laughs> and you should get out of town, and it rejuvenates you. It and, does, and it, uh, and you know, it just it's it's uh, it's well worth it. So do yourself a favor uh, if you get some time off. Even load the kids. My dad used to load us in the car in West Texas. And you have to drive forever to get anywhere, and we'd leave at four in the morning and drive to the Davis Mountains. Uh, you know, six hours. Get out, have a picnic lunch, load yeah. back in the car, and go home. But it got it. We went and did something, you know. Right. I think so many people sit there and say, "Well, this, you kids, look at look at your computer, and we'll uh, watch TV, and uh, we won't go anywhere. Uh, get out and and enjoy the world with your family, and uh, take advantage of it." And yeah. So I think it was great that y'all got out of town. And so. Randy will be back next week, or is he off on another trip? <laughs> as far as I know, he'll be back. He'll be back, yeah. Until well, the next trip. Until the next trip. Well, it's always good having you in. and uh, I appreciate f- having let me fill in for him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and uh, thanks for all the tips. I, I think people really benefit from it. That's why we have you guys on a regular basis. Daniel Earl with the BBB. And uh, give him a call if you have any questions. They'll, they're more than happy to work with you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back.
And welcome back. You heard in the news uh, just earlier that uh, Mata is uh, taking a new, actually I think they have three of them, electric buses uh, on tours across the city. Uh, and these is the electric bus will be uh, take off on today through the 18th, uh, tomorrow. And uh, Mata received $22 million in federal grants to invest in clean electric buses. So three electric buses are in service for uh, MATA riders. Uh, the thing is, uh, I don't know if you pay any attention to the Mata buses as you drive around the city. Most of them I see, and they do put wraps on them, so you really can't see them too much anymore. And I think the reason why is because nobody's ever on them. I mean, these Mata buses are running up and down Poplar, and you pull up behind them to go all the way from Collierville all the way to the river, from North Memphis to South Memphis, and uh, run for much of the day. And uh, you'll see just a few people on there. but uh, And then they, you get $22 million in federal grants, which I can think of a lot of things we could use that for besides some electric buses. But, hey, that's the uh, federal government, our local government, and there's not – a lot we can do about it. Speaking of the federal government, uh, Vice President Harris uh, is once again making some interesting comments. Uh, she just said, came out um, yesterday over the weekend and said she had no idea that Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson could preach as well as he does. Cut one. I said to the congressman, I didn't know he could preach like that. <laughs> Where have you been? Where have you been? Uh, then um, after that, uh, she said that Reverend Jackson was one of the first to define the rainbow. Check this out, uh, cut number seven. And early on, just think about it. Early on, he even had the audacity to name this coalition the National Rainbow Coalition. Think about that. He defined the rainbow. He was one of the first to define the rainbow. Unbelievable. She, she, she's trying to tell us that that was part of the, the gay pride thing. Had nothing, nothing to do with gay, gayness, gay pride. Uh, it had to do with just a, a name he made up. And what Jesse, I've interviewed Jesse probably 40 times. I remember he called my house one time. He was supposed to interview him downtown at what used to be the Crown Plaza at like 4.30 in the morning for the, then it was at Channel 5, uh, for the morning show. And uh, my wife came to and she goes, the Reverend Jackson is on the phone. And I said, how do you know it's him? She goes, it sounds just like the Reverend. <laughs> and, uh, but his whole thing was he would come in and there was uh, some kind of injustice going on. They would go to all the... Um, major corporations of the city while he was here and say if they didn't donate to the rainbow coalition that they would uh they would pick it out in front of their businesses and that's how jesse made a lot of his money and then kamala said went on to say so we congratulate you reverend on your pivot uh i got the memo listen to this that's cut 17. so we congratulate you rev on your pivot <laughs> I got the memo. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. And they're really worried now, the Democratic Party is, is that they got to figure out what to do about Joe. Joe ain't getting any better. 
and uh, his uh, his ratings continue to plummet. But she's the leader of the pack on the on the approval ratings. She's like she's down there around nothing, and uh, so they're saying, "Okay, so we find we we able to somehow maneuver Joe. They're not going to get rid of him as president, but to have somebody else running for the next presidential election other than Joe." And I was listening to some uh, different people being interviewed this morning and saying, you know, number one, have, how do you get rid of him? If he does, if he decides he wants to run, how are you going to stop him? I mean, he's, he's the president, and the president is kind of like the unofficial or official leader of the, the party, of whichever party they're in. And so, and old Joe, I mean, unless somebody tells him, Joe, you're not running, and he goes, oh, okay. Uh, but then you got Kamala to deal with. I mean, she's the first uh, woman of color to be the vice president of the United States. And logically, if history um, has dictated over the last 200 years, and the vice president usually has a pretty good shot at uh, running for president when their time rolls around. And if they decide to talk Biden out of running or he decides he doesn't want to run, and then it would be Kamala. So. That's why I kept thinking they were going to pin this cocaine wrap on her, but looks like they're just going to call that whole thing off and uh, see if something else really neat happens. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we come back, we're going to talk about how come so many people are hiring drivers to take them around Memphis now. We'll find out. Stay tuned. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. Uh, joining me in studio right now is Dave Jameson, who is a professional driver. And uh, I'm not talking about stock cars or race cars. Uh, he drives a very safe car. In fact, it's a Cadillac Escalade, seven passengers. And he's been doing it for about nine years. Um, and it's uh, he's busier now than ever before. And I'll give you one reason. Uh, this just came out. I mentioned it earlier. Tennessee had, um, they just came out with the cities with the worst drivers, according to consumer affairs. And, uh, Tennessee had the most cities appear among the top 20, excuse me, we're going to sneeze. No, <laughs> you know, you get that feeling it's coming, it's gonna, and then it doesn't, uh, it's sort of like my memory <laughs> as a matter of fact. Uh, but we had uh, four in the top 20, uh, and it says topping out the list was of course, Memphis at number one, uh, and then it was followed by uh, Knoxville at number 12, Clarksville at 17, and Chattanooga at 19. Some of the safest cities in the country were uh, in Texas, uh, which is kind of surprised me. The safest city, Green Bay, Cary, North Carolina, Oxnard, California, Bellevue, Washington, McKinney, Texas, Lynn, Massachusetts at number six, Glendale, California at seven, Pearland, Texas, which is near Houston, number eight, and College Station, where the Aggies are, is at number nine, and Henderson, Nevada, at number ten. And uh, David is the reason you got into this. I mean, it was because even nine years ago, people were looking for another way to get around without having to drive themselves. Is that what the 
Hey, get real close to that microphone. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I was going to school, and I just needed some extra cash, so I figured I'd just do that. And it, it worked out great. Did you have to go out and get a commercial license, like a chauffeur's license? or? I do have a chauffeur's license. You didn't. But I have. didn't have to. Oh, okay. But I just had one. And, and the reason you don't have to, if you're not doing it, uh, what are the perimeters of that? That would You'd have to get a chauffeur's license to haul people around. Well, you just have to go take a test at the DMV. It's Yeah. I can't even remember why I got it. It was probably for, it was for FedEx, I think, because I was working for FedEx okay. years ago. Yeah, so you were a driver for them. But then it just, you know, came in handy with this. But it's not required to, like, drive for Uber. And you told me that you actually the reason you got into it as well, you, you got out of the University of Memphis, and you applied for a job at Smith & Nephew, which my wife worked for, and, and her uncle and a bunch of other people. Uh, but And you had a great interview. Oh, best interview of my life. And then they never called you back, hired some young girl. They did, they did. Yeah, we've all been there. So I just, and I love the job, Ubering. So yeah. I just said, well, I'll just keep doing this. And so, but then you, you actually uh, work for people. People call you up and say, Dave, I need you to pick me up tonight or take me to here, then come pick us up later. And, and right. that's primarily what you do now, right? Right. Well, I got involved with uh, the Carnival of Memphis. And those people, after the events that we had, they just remembered me, and they still needed rides, so they just called me. Well, and the thing about it is there's more and more people, uh, as I said earlier, that used to be, you know, where are we going to go meet for dinner tonight? And then it got to be the biggest argument was whose car we're going in because I ain't going to get mine broken into or stolen. <laughs> I mean, are you, is a lot of people, is that why they're hiring you now? Uh, I I don't really know why they're hiring me. Just maybe they just like my car. <laughs> well, they like you, or they just don't want to deal with the parking downtown sure. or the crime. Well, I mean, both those things are are both negative. Yeah, so. and plus you take them straight to the front door. Yeah, and I mean, you uh, pay twenty bucks for an Uber. You pay twenty bucks for parking. Yeah, and you drive. So yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely, uh, and the people. I think everybody wants somebody else so that they know they know what kind of vehicle is going to pick them up. And because I've had hired Uber drivers, and they make it sound like it's a nice car, and it's supposed to be a late model car. And Fifteen years or newer. Newer, yeah. but some of them have been rode pretty hard. And uh, I've, I've heard I've heard horror stories of <laughs> cars all? have got it, people have gotten into. Yeah, they they go, can we turn on the air conditioner? It's an extra twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, or it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> roll the window down. It's, it is uh, amazing, though, and then you have people that uh, that's on a regular basis. I mean, they say, uh, we want to go to dinner Friday night. Do they have, like, a standing uh, deal with you? or is it just uh, Not so much that. I mean, I get a lot of airport runs. I mean, yeah. one a week, one, I got one guy, I take him every week. He's a first responder. He goes all over the country, and he just calls me. I go pick him up at, you know, 4 in the morning to take him to the airport. Wow. Well, and that's the problem, too. I've uh, talked to some people this past week uh, that said there's no parking at the airport now. I mean, it's a huge problem. It is. And not even there's not any parking at the private lots outside the airport. And so people are missing flights because they got nowhere to park their car. And then you can't always depend on Uber. You sure can't depend on taxi cabs. I mean, that that, that was was horrible years ago. And then it didn't get any better. It still hasn't gotten any better. Uh, and plus, I guess also, you know, your crowd too, you know, most of the people that are calling you up or they're referred to you by some, like, uh, the people that told me about you or somebody right. that uses you on a regular basis. Yes. On the private side of my driving. Yes. I usually know the people, but on the Uber side, it is completely random. Well, and that's why I've always <laughs> wondered if somebody, if you, you're driving an Uber because you drive a, a Cadillac Escalade. Right. 
that's I've never been in a Cadillac Escalade with an Uber driver before. I mean, do, are people shocked when you roll up the first time? Well, I tell them, I go, this is what I call my customer appreciation vehicle because they've been so good yeah. over the years. I figure, yeah. you know, I make this kind of money, so, you know. Why not? What the hell? <laughs> well, because I think a lot of people thought, well, you, you can't really make very much money being an Uber driver. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, well, obviously you do. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think that has as much to do about with your personality and your service as it does anything else? Uh, perhaps, perhaps. And the, it's the my customers, it's the vehicle. I've noticed over the years, the vehicle you drive will generate what customers you get. So my Escalade generates 5.0 customers. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a new car, you're going to get good customers. Well, yeah, because... Uh, that was the other reason I got it. So I would guarantee <laughs> decent customers. Well, it's like we're going to go to an event down in Mississippi, and this one of the reasons I called you is uh, we checked it, the motels where we're going to be around where we're going. And I thought, well, we'll stay because we're going to be there late. And then I looked at the reviews. I went, nah, we're going to look at another deal and ask the hired driver to take us down and bring us back. Right. It, it'll end up being the same as a couple of hotel rooms. I mean... It uh, would be. Yeah, and and... We'll be back home, and uh, it was just no place like home as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what when do you ever pull up though to some places? It, it, does the dress of your Uber rides uh, also dictate whether or not you say, "Yeah, I'll take it" or not? Or no, I take. I I agree on the front end. Okay. It gives me a price of of the ride, and it shows me where it's where I pick them up. Ah, so you and get a choice. I, then. I have eleven seconds to decide. Okay. And but you know the city so well that if it's an area that you think ah, I don't think I want to drive over there, no, I just go for it. You, so in uh, the majority of you ever had somebody that when you pulled up and, and said that nah, I don't think so or <laughs> this was years ago, but this is back on my first car. I was driving a police car. Oh wow! It was like an 08 Crown Vic, black Crown Vic with a spotlight. <laughs> That's the greatest car. A police car is the greatest car to drive around. You get so much respect. But this is the middle of the night. I picked him up on che- off of Chelsea, which is the worst part yeah, of Memphis. I know Chelsea well. And he didn't give me an address or anything. He said I'd be on the street. He just gets in and says, just drive down Jackson. And have you ever felt a bad vibe yes. from somebody? I mean, yes. literally felt it? You, you do. It's, a, it's, a, it's like it permeates the air. <sighs> okay, that's what this guy's beaming from the back seat. So I go, okay, here we go. Yeah. So I'm driving down Jackson. I'm doing like, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour. And I literally think this guy is going to kill me. I mean, yeah. that's how hard this bad vibe is. Yeah. I thought I was dead. I really did. But I go, oh, I'm doing 50. So I probably got a few minutes to figure something out. Because he's not going to do anything to you where you're doing 50. Exactly. Yeah. So eventually he says, just pull over right here. And it was, it was some tow lot. So I dropped him off. And he got out. And I, I cleared my Uber app. Drove home. I didn't turn that Uber app on for a year. <laughs> After That's that. how much it scared you. Oh, my goodness. It was, yeah. it was the worst experience ever. But on the other hand, all my other customers, I would invite to dinner yeah. with my parents. And I, I mean, think, that's how good my customers are. But I think that's most people are good people. Exactly. That's why this guy got to you because yeah. you and I, I tell people all the time, you pull up to any stoplight in Memphis, there's <laughs> three or four people at that stoplight you never want to meet, ever, right. ever. Or honk at. Yeah. And, no, <laughs> and don't flash your lights at them or look at them. Don't look at them. <laughs> Whatever you do. Well, that's what I, that in driving around Memphis, I figured it out. The best way to do it is never make eye contact. Yeah. Never. Uh-uh. There's no, there's, no, there's no reason to make eye contact. No, there isn't. No. Just look at their car and don't hit it. Yeah, do not hit it. Yeah. 
and give yourself, never look at them and give yourself plenty of room in the with the person in front of you give them yourself a big distance between them and you because one of the things that's going on right now which i wanted to ask you about is all these people are tagging people bump, running to the back of them so they'll get out and then they're carjacking them what, what's your advice if somebody comes up and tags you on the back while you're driving down the street do you do you look to see who it is before you do anything or would you just drive straight to the closest uh lot where it's in the open and, uh, ooh, I, yeah i guess i'd go to a you know a, a public space you know out in the open yeah where i can be seen yeah well you said they can see them stealing your car right <laughs> But I mean, when because you street, you are streetwise, yeah. and when you're driving around, so how do you? Because I'm always looking. I look 360. I get the middle lane when I'm on the interstate. I don't get in the right or the left. I let them blow Bobby. Right. The key is predictive behavior. Yeah, you know what they're going to do, and nine times out of ten, that's exactly what they're going to do. And they come out of nowhere. Stupid or smart. That's yeah. what they're going to do. Yeah. And you think surely this guy's not going to do that? Oh so, yes. yeah, that's what you have to do. You just have to drive around him. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Dave Jameson. We're going to talk uh, more about what he does and find out how much it costs uh, when we come back. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back on this Monday afternoon. In studio with me is Dave Jameson. He's a driver. He also he does Uber and he also does private uh, drives. And uh, I'm just looking at traffic right now. We got a disabled vehicle left lane blocked uh, at the Midtown I-240 south of uh, Norris Road. Most of still got an accident <coughs> up on um, uh, I-40 west of Warford. They got a t- couple of accidents uh, on Austin P uh, Highway, and that's up by Yale Road. And then another one at uh, uh, Knight Arnold Road at US uh, 78, Highway 78. So uh, there's a couple of slowdowns. So there's stuff happening all over the place. In fact, Dave was asking me, where do you get that thing? Because I could use that in my travels. I'm going to put that on my phone. Yeah, it, it comes in handy because you want to know before you get in line with all those other people. Uh, but uh, you've been doing this for nine years. And, and he was telling me that the, the kind of customers you get after they've driven with you once directly are reflected by the vehicle you drive. And he drives uh, an es- Cadillac Escalade. And so... People go, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want picking me up. That's what I want to be in something big driving down the highway. And uh, and uh, so tell us what it, uh, with the Uber when they call you up. That's a dollar a mile. How that works? Yeah, maybe a little more than that. And then uh, when you take it on weekdays, yeah, it gets you closer to the mic. Oh, if it's a private ride, then it's I usually charge fifty dollars an hour during the week, and then a hundred bucks an hour on the weekend. And so do you have people that hire you for the, like the whole night, like six, eight hours? Yeah. yeah. And so you say, call me again soon. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> when I mean, you think about it, you, you could make a thousand bucks in one night. Uh, and especially if you've got two or three couples, they don't care, you know, right. everybody chips in. And they don't have to worry about a DUI. And you, no, everybody everybody's gets, happy. Everybody's happy. And you say you got a cooler in the car. Yeah. And so if you want to uh, have a, a beverage on the way to dinner or to your event, to do that. Or a nightcap. Nightcap on the way home. Right. And uh, what's the best part of what you do now versus what you have done in the past? Uh, the best part has got to be the flexibility. Because, I mean, I can do it whenever I want, stop, you know, whenever I want. I get paid whenever I want. I mean, I could drop somebody off and go directly to the ATM and get the money. It's, it's an amazing job. That, well, it is. It is. And I, I just go home whenever I want. Yeah. 
And you got nobody telling you what to do, yeah. except I mean, they I can, say go here and go there. But I, that's I can work ten hours a week. I yeah. can work fifty hours a week. You know, whatever. Yeah, well, then you you have friends and stuff. Has anybody else ever gone into the business after they see your success? Um, I've talked about it dozens of times with customers and given my my code number to to sign up and. But they don't do it. I don't. I I've <laughs> never got a check back for the, the three hundred dollar <laughs> referral fee. So would you? You would. That's what you get if you get them to sign up. Right. right? If they sign up and do a hundred rides, then I get a little kickback. But you know the thing about it is, uh, it's just like people have come to me before and said, you know, I've always thought about writing a book or I'd like to do my own radio talk show. I said, do it, yeah. just do it, yeah. and they never do because people like to talk about things. It's maybe someday I'll do that. And <laughs> you just have to take the first step. I mean, that's what you did. Yeah. And uh, But there's so many people out there that go, um, um, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Right. And then they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and then, of course, we talked about the, the biggest uh, uh, fear you have is to get that one writer that scares you to death. <laughs> well, it's not really a fear, but it just happened. Yeah. And it's never happened since. But you know that only I, three I, people have thrown up in my car on ten thousand rides. That's so that's pretty amazing. It's pretty good. That is uh, because you'd think that have ten thousand. You'd have a couple. Yeah, <laughs> well, I would look at them and say, "Don't throw up in my car." <laughs> no, they can. I mean, it's two hundred fifty bucks as soon as they do it. <laughs> oh, so. So, there you go. That's, <laughs> and my night's over. <laughs> yeah, and the, the ride is over for you too, buddy. Uh, the uh, and I guess the the, the thing about. Uh, all of that is, and you had the one guy that uh, were kind of, but I think that even like I had a golden retriever, she never growled at anybody. And we were next door to yard sale. This guy gets out of his car and walks over there. Her back, the hair on her back came up and she started growling really low. And I'd never seen her do that. I do think that people do give off vibes. Yeah, I and always it, trust dogs in that respect. Oh, yeah. If they don't like somebody, there's a reason. They there's don't like a them. reason. And even because they smell bad. <laughs> Right. Usually the worse they smell, the better the dog <laughs> likes them, you know. So, uh, well, if somebody wants to uh, to get involved in Uber riding or driving, what, what would you suggest they do? Just oh, call just Uber? The, just the website, yeah. Just sign up. It's super easy. It's a three-week background check, and then you're good. Well, and it's uh, – uh, so they look at a driving record. Is that the background check or I'm not criminal sure. Activity? I'm guessing both. Probably, yeah. probably mostly driving record. But yeah, but they also want to know if you if – you, you know, criminal. It, like kill somebody at some point. <laughs> right. <laughs> out, of, out of prison for that assault charge. So, uh, well, I think it's fascinating, and I think it, it's it's good to know somebody. And uh, if, if you ever need anybody, you can call me, you know, how to get in touch with me, and I'll I'll pass his number along. He, I said, you want to give your number out? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what kind of people listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe next time. Yeah. The uh, – uh, have you ever thought about uh, starting your own limo service? Because there's like Tennessee limo; they got like fifty buses and fifty limos and everything else. But then again, you got to be managing people, right? I guess that would be the downside of that. Maybe if I get my kids on board, I have two sons, both named Joseph. If I could get both of them to drive for me, then I would. Now you, no, are both of them your sons? No, or? one's mine and one's my second wife's. I got you, youngest. Yeah, because She's eighteen this year. Yeah, because that, that would be like, uh, who's it, George Foreman names all his kids George. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. just yell, George! Yeah. The whole family shows up. Yeah. So, Well, I think it's absolutely uh, fascinating, and I think it's, uh, I'm proud to see what you're doing. And the other thing, too, is 
there are all these people that say that uh, they can't find a job. That that simply isn't true. No. I mean, there's so many jobs. I you know, you're out all the time. You see, uh, every restaurant you pull up in front of probably has a help wanted sign on the door. Yeah, quite a few. And just out of curiosity, is what's the most popular restaurant in Memphis that you take your clients to right now? Flight. Flight downtown. Yeah. Yeah, that's number one. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I would say that's number one. And number two, because I did the Catherine sub- and Mary's. It's uh, also down. Oh, that's a right Brookhaven. on Main Street. Oh, that's right. But they're owned by the same guys that own uh, Brookhaven Pub. A funny, no, that's downtown. It's Martin Luther King and yeah. Main Street. But then the guys that own Catherine Mary's also own uh, Michael and something on Brookhaven Circle. An interesting fact about that restaurant, every female that's gotten to my car has raved about that restaurant. And I didn't ask. I mean, they just get in the car and start raving. About how good it is. Every si- 100%. <laughs> That's see, we should have you on the, that. <laughs> just tell us what the best restaurants in town are right now. I think that's, Catherine one, and Mary's, that's one of them. <laughs> Catherine and Mary's downtown and Flight. I know I've been eating both of them, and they are super. Yeah. So there you are. Free advice and uh, and hire a driver. Uh, I think you'll like it. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much and uh, welcome back. Uh, I do have some uh, traffic situations. You got a uh, disabled vehicle uh, in the left lane. Uh, that's at the Midtown I-240 south of uh, Norris Road. And uh, that one got cleared up that was on Knight Arnold. You still got one that's in the uh, westbound lane of I-40 uh, near the uh, Warford exit. And then a couple of wrecks uh, on Austin P. Highway uh, near Yale Road. Uh, all kind of scattered about the city, but otherwise everything looks like it's uh, moving fairly rapidly and easily about the city, so that's good. Uh, more uh, national news. Oh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, Roger Stone uh, is predicting, and we talked earlier about, is Joe Biden going to end up being the nominee? Or are they going to find somebody else? And what about uh, Kamala? Well, uh, Roger Stone says he predicts that Michelle Obama is going to be the Democratic nominee. I cut four. Now, as a veteran of many years in American politics, I'm going to tell you something somewhat shocking. Joe Biden will not be the nominee of the Democratic Party in 2024. Kamala Harris will briefly become president, but the only way in their party they can replace a woman of color is with another woman of color. And yes, you heard it here first, the Democratic nominee for president will be Michelle Obama. (laughs) They have already rigged their primaries. The reason that they have canceled the Iowa caucuses in the New Hampshire primary is to put South Carolina, a state where a majority of the Democratic primaries or Afri- primary voters are African Americans, and they will allow Gavin Newsom to purchase the vice presidential nomination, but the Obamas will hold him up for six or eight hundred million dollars to do so. You heard it here first. 
when Steve Bannon says it in three weeks, remember I said it first. (laughs) (laughs) And he also, uh, Roger Stone also mocks Biden and Chris Christie, cut number six. Joe Biden will be in three states today. The state of unconsciousness, the state of semi-consciousness, and the state of confusion. Chris Christie needs to run. Not for president, he just needs to run. (laughs) There you go. And uh, I like this one. Jen uh, Psaki, who was the former press secretary for the Biden administration, she figured out what was going on. Said, I'm getting out of here. Uh, She's calling for Moms for Liberty, an extreme organization that has uh, a record of harassment. Here's a Cut number 19. are pretty unclear as to what the group is really all about, what, what they're a part of. One mom who became treasurer of an Indiana chapter was even quoted asking, what am I a part of? I need to know these things. Fair question. Well, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you. Because as benign as Moms for Liberty may sound, its agenda is unmistakably extreme. For instance, You may not know that Moms for Liberty has been helping to lead the movement in pulling books from the library shelves, including classics like The Bluest Eye, Great Book, The Kite Runner, Amazing Book, and Mouse, as well as other books that deal with race, diversity, and sexuality. The group has turned school board meetings into unruly shouting matches. As an attendee at one Florida meeting described, quote, they turn around and scream at me that I am a commie and teachers want to see all kids fail. This group brings out the worst in people. The group says this work, all of this shouting, is the work of joyful warriors, is what they call it. Sounds a lot more to me like pretty aggressive harassment. And that behavior is not isolated. It's part of a bigger pattern. Chapters and members across the country have led campaigns targeting community advocates, school board members, and opposing groups. They have repeatedly sent intimidating messages, openly threatened officials, and even baselessly leveled charges of child abuse and sympathizing with pedophilia. Unbelievably, an Indiana chapter even put out a newsletter that quoted Adolf Hitler, saying, quote, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. That is a Hitler quote. And while they eventually apologized, the organization seemed to later regret that apology. There's only the reason why something happens, right? Yes. One of our moms in a newsletter post Hitler. Woo! Woo! I stand with that mom. Standing by a mom who quotes Hitler in a newsletter. People cheering for that. That's what you just saw. And as for their claim that they are just a group of concerned, nonpartisan moms who happen to care about liberty, consider this. One of the founders, whose name is notably omitted from its website, is a current Republican school board member who is married to the now chairman of the Florida Republican Party. In 2021, he told the Washington Post, quote, I have been trying for a dozen years to get 20 and 30 year old females involved with the Republican Party. But now Moms for Liberty has done it for me. Sounds pretty apolitical. So below the surface of their sending friendly sounding name and politically vague taglines, they are an unapologetically extreme organization that has built a long record of harassment and controversy in a pretty short period of time. Some free advice out there for people who are not sure what their organization is about, whether it's called Moms for Liberty or Puppies for Ice Cream. It's worth looking into the agenda of an organization before joining it. 
Sometimes it may not be what you think. Sort of like Black Lives Matter or Antifa, uh, good, wholesome organizations. Uh, we had a soundbite with Roger Stone a minute ago that uh, predicting Michelle Obama will be the Democratic nominee. Uh, we got a caller, Tracy, who said uh, she predicted that quite some time ago. Tracy? Oh, oh, yes, I did. I am Tracy from Tennessee, and I said it over a year ago. I said on the Clark Senior Show, I may have said it on this show, I said it on several shows that Michelle is going to be the one that wins or she's going to run for president. I did. And so Roger Stone... He's caught, he just corrected. he picked up on the trail after you blazed it. That's correct. <laughs> he he picked yes. He's the, behind. He so the, he's trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing is I, that I doubt about that is the fact that she doesn't want to have to work as hard as you have to work to be the president. I mean, well, you, okay, yeah. So you know, so um, who's her husband? Uh, that would be Barack. Thank you. Yeah, so and, and, and if you're, and you, you could be very right because all he said, if, and I'm sure you've heard that soundbite where he was uh, on record as saying that would he like to run for a third term? He said, not really, but what I would like to do is run the country from behind the scenes, just have a front Vicari- person. Yes. yes. I was just going to say, do you and, know what uh, Vicarious means? <laughs> I just, but I just don't see Michelle doing what Barack tells her to do. I think she. Well, you know, I think well, she is uh, pretty much a very independent person. And that's evidenced by the fact that she came out in her book and said she didn't like Barack for a number of years when they were married, yep. including yep. when they first got to the White House for a few years. I'm not so well, sure she know, likes him now. <laughs> well, you know, in desperate situations, they're going to work together. So I, I predicted that. So, Mr. Roger Stone, you are behind. You're, <laughs> well, you're too late. <laughs> well, Tracy, we, we got you on record now, and uh, we won't yeah. forget it, okay? Because we'll be yeah. all are going to be watching. But we just do Thank make you. sure she is not elected to president. So that's, that's Yes, I, I mean, correct. I said like it to, over a year ago. Would you like to have <laughs> to sit and listen to that for another four years? Not, well, uh, you not know. me. All right. Well, thank you. I enjoy your show. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. And, and I think she probably is right. I, there's a lot of people that would love that because I think she would get a tremendous amount of support from the Democratic Party, but it would also ignite the Republican Party against it, I think. It, so it would kind of work against them. But uh, nonetheless, good logic. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll come back and wrap things up. <laughs> And welcome back. Well, this is Monday. Warm out there, but not as uh, warm as it is in Europe uh, or the West Coast. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple of friends that have had effects of the heat on them uh, doing things that uh, they normally do. But the, it, the extreme heat does things to us that uh, normal heat does not. Right now, Europe is facing days of record-breaking temperatures as the Heat wave risk conditions exceeding 40 degrees uh, Celsius, um, uh, which is up around over 100 degrees. The country's already issued a number of red alerts uh, as the temperature soars, while in Tuesday the sobering news that a man in his 40s died of northern Italy laid bare the dangers of extreme heat. And this is what happens when you do uh, get too hot. It says there are two main mechanisms used by the body to keep cool. The first is 
uh, vasodilation, where the small blood vessels or capillaries just beneath the skin widen. This exposes more blood to the surface where heat can be released through radiation. A second mechanism <clears throat> excuse me, is through sweating, which draws heat from the skin as it evaporates. However, sweat contains salts, which are vital in muscle movement. This means if the body is sweating but the salts are not replaced, such as through a sports strength, the muscles can cramp. And these two actions help to maintain the body's internal temperature, known as thermoregulation. However, as external temperatures exceed that level, it becomes harder for the system to prevent the core temperatures from climbing. After heat cramps, the body may begin to suffer heat exhaustion. In addition to heavy sweating, early symptoms include feeling faint or dizzy. This is caused by an increased heart rate and more blood is pumped into the skin. Uh, this can be also lead to weak, rapid pulse. For every uh, raise in the core temperatures, the heart rate goes up around 10 beats per minute. Uh, to prevent further heating, the brain also tells uh, the muscles to slow down, leading to a feeling of fatigue. Nausea and a headache may also set in. At this point, anyone suffering these symptoms should stop all activity, rest, move to a cooler place, and drink water or a sports drink. If the body's core temperature continues to rise, the third and final illness to strike is heat stroke. This is the most severe form of heat stress, and it can be fatal. The body's heat rate will continue to increase, placing the organ under stress, while breathing may become rapid and shallow. Skin may turn red as blood is pumped to the surface faster, but at this time the body may be dehydrated, no longer producing sweat, reducing the capacity to cool down. Instead, the skin may be hot and dry to the touch. I was in Honduras uh, back in the uh, mid-90s, and it was uh, was there with the uh, with the air guard, and uh, we were at this place called Pomerola Air Force Base in the middle of nowhere in Honduras, out in the jungle, and uh, it got so hot it was up uh, 105, 106 at night, and we were in these hooches like in Vietnam and the sandbag uh, machine gun towers around and. And it was close to the uh, Nicaraguan border, and that, there was a war going on. There was a shooting war. And so uh, we were, I remember one night I could not stop sweating. And everybody really got concerned. We kept putting cool rags on my neck, and uh, I was just feeling worse and worse. And uh, we were taking uh, salt tablets, and that's back when you used to do that, and, uh, and drinking water, and there weren't any sports drinks there. And, but I finally got it uh, under control and settled down. But it, it gets really frightening when you can't, uh, your body's not reacting the way it normally would. I talked to somebody today that was uh, over in Arkansas on the river. And they said they, it was really hot and, and nothing didn't feel any really different. He came in, was getting ready to get out of his uh, boat and was sitting, he had gotten up on the side of this little boat slip in the shade. And all of a sudden he said, I couldn't move. I laid back on the back of the, this little boat slip and I couldn't even yell out to the people who were out there fishing nearby. Uh, thank goodness he had his cell phone and was able to uh, call somebody to come help him uh, get back up to the house. Uh, but the thing is, if you get that hot and you were to fall in the water, you would drown because you can't swim. You can't do any of the normal things you're used to being able to do 
which is why the Coast Guard always says, I don't care what you're doing, you're on the water, you need to have a life vest on and not just one of those things around your waist. You need to have something that supports your head. So if you do fall in, even face first, it's going to flip you around and your head will come up and bob up on the surface. And even if you passed out, uh, you will not drown. Uh, so I just encourage anybody, especially you go, I've been at Pickwick before where it was so hot. Uh, if you didn't have some kind of shade to get under, I mean, it would absolutely bake you. So just keep that in mind. This is, uh, it's not as hot here in Memphis as it is around much of the rest of the country, but it's still plenty hot and it doesn't take long for you, especially if you're outside doing something. And one, one tip off will be if you're not sweating and it's that hot, then that means uh, your body has sweated out. And uh, that's part of the cooling process. And so you need to stop whatever it is you're doing and, and find some relief. Um, I know a lot of people were saying that uh, 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 the uh, uh, it's just it's hard on animals as well. In fact, that's one of the, I told you about the snake that was on my table out of the deck. I think that he was trying to get someplace to get some cool air on him and uh, crawling up high on a table. Uh, with it's perforated, it's a metal table, and uh, it was cooler than it was laying on the ground because the ground's going to be as hot as uh, anything around it. And he was all stretched out, which meant he was not coiled up because they coiled up, and uh, their own body is heating themselves. And so they're they're cold-blooded, so they're going to want to get as cool as they can. And that means they get against, a lot of times they'll get up against the glass. If you have a window, they'll get up against the glass in your window pane because uh, you've got air conditioning going on inside, and that's cooler. So don't be surprised if you look out. And I had no idea these things could crawl up walls. And, uh, and it turns out that they're really amazing climbers, and uh, they can pretty much go wherever they want to go. I know that they've been, in, I've been playing golf before and I've had them drop out of trees and land right next to me, which is, that's, that's one of those times where you go, okie dokie. I was standing in the shade waiting for somebody else to hit. And so then after that, I was going, no, if you do look up before you go stand in the shade, because you may have a friend up there that uh, may not be. And uh, the snake I had in my uh, table and my deck was a, uh, king snake which is harmless to humans but the the snake had dropped out of the tree of me i think it was uh, not a uh, a friendly snake and they do uh, moccasins climb trees i've seen uh, uh rattlesnakes on low slung trees like mesquite trees and stuff they'll get up they get off the ground to get out of the heat catch a little breeze uh, but uh, they're out there, and uh, and and I'm seeing reports all over the country where people are putting up on uh, neighbors and and Facebook about can you identify this snake? And because they're on the move because of the heat, so keep that in mind. Stay cool out there, and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. That's our show for today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. So we'll see you then. <laughs>